Good morning, good morning. Take out your Bibles this morning. Let's spend some time in God's Word. Can we do that together? How many of your hearts are heavy today? Anybody's heart's heavy? Lots of people's hearts. They always, this is what they say, either in a crisis, going into a crisis, or just most of us coming out of a crisis. But in life, there will be crises and there will be difficult things that we will experience. What did we talk about in December? Hope. Who is our hope? Jesus is. Will you say Jesus this morning? Jesus? Where is your hope? In Jesus. Who is our hope? Jesus. Not in our circumstances, not in the issues that we face in life, but he alone is our hope. Not how good we are, because I don't see a lot of good people around here. Matter of fact, we're probably pretty nasty, pretty ugly when we all get down to it. The only good thing in us is Jesus. That's the only thing good. Um, but it's been a real tough week. Go to uh, Matthew chapter 5, and let's just read something really quickly before we talk and continue on in legacy living. And I, I'm real distracted today. Lots of things going on. My heart's heavy. Uh, while we're here meeting in this room, Billy Bob and his family are at the hospital right now uh, saying goodbye to a son that was accidentally shot uh, Friday night uh, and was on the phone with him early this morning. And my heart just goes out with them today as they're walking through. This is a 23, 24-year-old young man that was with us just a few weeks ago sitting right there where Meredith's sitting. And... My heart just is heavy today. But I want to read, I want you to I want to read this with you, and, and we'll sort of close with this today. But I thought, you know, it would be good to remind ourselves of, of what Jesus said. This is, this is what he said, and he didn't say that you were the light of the world only when things are going well. He said, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. If there's ever been a time that believers' lives are on display, it's today. That's just the way it is. And sometimes we walk through difficulty. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. How many of us tried to hide the things that we walk through? How many of us tried to, to get behind and, and so nobody knows what's going on? Hide it under. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Some of the greatest victories that we experience is when we walk through difficulty and those things are brought to light. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your Father in heaven. That's our purpose, for us to be a light for the Lord so that others might see our lives and as we walk through life that we might shine brightly for a Savior. Because you will go through a difficulty. It's not a case of if, it's just when. And where are you going to hold on to? Let's talk about baptism today. Um, and there are a lot of things that we experience in church. And some things are biblical and some things are traditional. Are you with me? Some, some things are because that's just the way that we've always done it. Some things are, have a scriptural basis, but lots of things are, it's just the way we've always done it, so we need to do it that way. 
Baptism is one of those things that can cause an awful lot of tension depending on which denomination that you've been raised in and depending on you know, what your past experiences have been. Baptism is, is extremely important, though, to the believer, and we want to be able to talk about that today because if we talk about legacy living, one of the things that we want to talk about is obedience to the Lord. Um, and so I want to be able to talk about baptism because, uh, because I think it's really important that maybe we ask the questions of why is baptism important? Where did it come from? Why is it so applicable? Is it applicable for us today? Um, and ask the question, not what does everybody say about it or what, does, what is my past experiences, but what does the Bible have to say about baptism? Because that's extremely important. If Jesus said it was important, it must have been important. If Jesus himself was baptized, if Jesus sent the disciples out to teach and to baptize others, it must be something of real significance. Now, those of us that have grown up in church, how many of us grew, have grown up in church here? It's just right. I've grown up in church, always been. To those of us, we may go, well, it's really not that big a deal because we've, ex- we've experienced it, we've seen it, we've, you know, we just don't think that much about it. But for the person that hasn't grown up, that may not have been ex- ex- exposed to baptism, they go, wait a minute, what's that thing up there? What's that, what's that little that cattle trough up there in the middle of the, uh, of the stage? And it can cause an awful lot of tensions and nervousness. That's right, Lori? I mean, I've, what, what is that thing up there? What are y'all doing that thing? Is that like a sauna? You know, no, it's not a sauna. Could be, could be. But I want to talk about baptism today, and I want to go back and look at some things that I think that are really important. And we're going to sort of ask some, ask some questions, um, answer some questions about, about, about baptism. Let's just, one of the first things I want you to realize is that baptism came along before Jesus was ever walking on the earth. Um, let's say that somebody wanted to they would see the lifestyle of a person that was a Jew, and they worshipped God, and they wanted to convert to Judaism. There were some things that they would have to accomplish. One of those things that they would have to come to learn the laws of God, to accept them, to submit to them. Um, the second thing that they would have to do is to learn about Jewish culture. They wanted to convert to Judaism. Obviously, they'd have to learn something about Jewish culture. And why did they celebrate the certain festivals and feasts? If you were male, you would have to participate in circumcision. It's an exciting time, isn't it? You'd also have to go to the temple and you'd have to, have to make a sacrifice. And also in the midst of that, there would be a ceremonial cleansing, which would be like saying um, in, that, in that ceremonial washing that I'm taking off my Gentileness and I'm putting on my Jewishness. I am putting away this and I'm putting on this. And the word that they would use in that ceremonial washing was called baptismo, which meant to immerse or submerge. Now, it wasn't a theological term in nature. It wasn't a religious term. It was just basically a term that they used to describe what was taking place. It was a very normal Greek word. Well, there was a guy by the name of John that came along, and he had a message. And it was in preparation to the one that would come, whose name was Jesus. And the message that John would preach was repent. Well, he was so good at what he did, they gave him a nickname. Does anybody remember what his nickname was? John the what? Well, it didn't mean that he was a Baptist, okay? John the baptizer, John the washer. And what he was so good is, listen, he was about going out and preaching the message and helping people convert uh, and helping people repent and turn 
to God. And in Matthew chapter 3, it says, In those days John the Baptist came to the Judean wilderness, and he began preaching. And his message was to repent. His message wasn't, okay, you're bad. His message was repent. You're moving in the wrong direction. You need to turn around. You need to turn to God. You need to place your faith in God. And you need to know that heaven, the kingdom of heaven is near. Well, in the midst of all of that, of all these people that are converting, Jesus shows up on stage. And it goes on to tell us that in Matthew chapter 3, 13, Then Jesus went up from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to get him, tried to talk him out of it. I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, and this is a really important, important, important verse here, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. Now the uniqueness of Jesus' baptism was that Jesus wasn't headed in the wrong direction. Jesus wasn't baptized because he was a sinner. So why was Jesus baptized out of obedience because there was a mission that Jesus was on does anybody remember the mission that Jesus was on in Luke it says what that he came to seek and save those that were lost that's right Jesus was on a mission and and Jesus himself after after this he would also send his disciples out to go into the nations and to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that he had commanded them. And he said, listen, I want you to understand that I'm with you in the midst of this process. So listen, I'm going to be baptized, but I want you to understand my baptism isn't about me and my repentance of sins, but it's about I'm carrying out, I'm a part of this process. I want to be obedient to my Father because I'm on a mission. I want to be obedient I want to carry out all that God requires. So Jesus was baptized. Now, we know that baptism doesn't save. How do we know that? We go back to the thief on the cross where you've got thieves hanging on both sides of Jesus. One curses Jesus. The other one engages Jesus in a conversation. And in the midst of that conversation, he says, what? He says, I believe. And Jesus said, by faith. By your faith, not because you've been baptized, but by your faith, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus didn't have a conversation with a criminal about being baptized. He didn't do that. It's not there. And so we understand that the heart of our salvation experience is our faith and belief that Jesus is who he says he is and that he'll do what he says he'll do. And we understand for those of us that are believers and followers of Christ that we're sinners and the penalty of sin is death and separation from God. But praise the Lord, man, Jesus died on a cross for our sin. And Jesus said, in spite of all the things that you've done, because of your faith today, you'll be with me in paradise. So I want to answer, I want to sort of ask the question, why baptism today? So if baptism isn't because of salvation, doesn't, isn't, isn't a, uh, a part of salvation. Why, why is baptism so important to the follower of Christ? And I've got some things I want you to sort of write these out quickly this morning because I think these are some things I want you to remember. Why baptism? To start with, baptism follows an example that Jesus himself set. Baptism follows an example that Jesus himself set. 
Jesus was baptized. It says not only in Matthew and Mark chapter 1 verse 9, one day Jesus came from Nazareth to Galilee and John baptized him in the Jordan River. Jesus would also call his disciples to baptize as he's commanded us to baptize. And in a roundabout way, this is what Paul had to say. This is pretty interesting, but in a roundabout way, Paul said, listen, I'm so serious about finding out the things that Jesus did and following his example that he made a pretty doggone bold statement in in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He said, and you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Paul said, listen, follow me as I follow Christ's example. And so here we have baptism um, is a part of us following the example that Jesus himself had set. And this should be at the heart of all of us that are believers here today. If you're a follower of Christ, you should want to imitate and follow the example that Jesus himself had set. Baptism says, I'm seeking not just to associate with Christ, but I want to follow his example. The second thing, baptism is not only following in the example that Jesus himself set, but baptism is a symbol of change. What's one of the statements that we say from time to time? No, Jesus, K-N-O-W, Jesus, K-N-O-W, change. N-O, Jesus, N-O, change. Listen, if, when you come down to a place that you associate with Christ and you come to know him, baptism is a representation of change, of change that happens in our life, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. And so at the heart of baptism is a symbolism of change, being buried with him in baptism, being raised to walk in a new life. And there are stories that are told in history. See, before they had cattle troughs, they used to go down to the river to baptize. And can you imagine a flowing river? You walking out in the midst of that, and they said that they would baptize in, in white undergarments. And on the top of those white undergarments, there would be tattered clothes that they would wear, dirty, tattered clothes. And in the midst of the baptism, they would baptize them. And as they're raising them up, they would be tearing off the tattered and the old clothes that they had so that they would wash down the river. Why? Is a symbol of change. Being washed away. That's pretty doggone neat, huh? Can you think of of, of just the nature itself of what that, that means to us? Man, there it goes. See you later. See you later. I'm new. I'm changed. Romans 6, 4, for we, for we died and we were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Baptism is a symbol of what? What's baptism a symbol of? It's a symbol of new life. Not only following the example, but baptism, our baptism is a symbol of new life in Christ. Baptism is a symbol of, man, things ain't the same anymore. It's different. I'm different. Something's happened in my life, and that baptism is a symbol. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. It's different. So we've got the example, we've got the demonstration that we are a different, a symbol of difference, a change. 
But third, baptism is a declaration of a new association. Write it down. Baptism is a declaration of a new association. I'm in. Baptism says I belong to Jesus. An outward, of exp- an outward expression of an inward commitment. It's sort of like the wedding band of Christianity. When I married Meredith 20-something years ago, something's happened since that time, hasn't it? 20-something years ago, 25 going on 26 years ago, in that time I stood before Pastor Holder and all of those witnesses, and at that time I said, I commit my life to you. For richer, for poor, and sickness and in health, or death depart, and all that kind of stuff. And as a symbol of my love, I just didn't take her on a, a cruise or a, a honeymoon, but I gave her something. What did I give her? A ring. And I wear that ring, and I wear that ring because it's a symbol of love, of my love, my commitment. That ring, that ring didn't marry us. That was a symbol. What married us was, I said, I I commit my life to you. I'm committed to you alone, to you and you alone only. It's a symbol of commitment, that ring is, our love towards one another. Now, how in the world do you think that that I would feel if every time that Meredith left the house that she took her ring off and she laid it up on the counter? Would that unmarry us? Wouldn't unmarry us, but it'd sure doggone it upset me. Because I would think, because my my thought, my, my pattern of thought process would be this. Are you embarrassed of me? Are you embarrassed of me? You know, from time to time, I play with my ring, and I put it on different fingers, and I, and I wear it. But the, the ring is only a symbol of my love and commitment. But if I were to pull it off, and if I were to f- refuse to wear it, how do you think Meredith would feel? Does he, really, does he really love me? See, I want Meredith to wear my ring because I want everybody to know that she's taken, and she's mine. And I want to wear her ring because I want everybody to know that I'm taken, and I'm hers. She's committed to me, and I'm committed to her and nobody else. But if I happen to not want to wear her ring, it would symbolize that maybe there's a problem. A declaration of a new association. What does it mean when, if, if we as a follower of Christ aren't willing to, to follow through in that pattern of baptism? Baptism is an event. It doesn't save us. But what would you think? If there was a person that said as a professing believer that I do not want to be baptized. Do you think God has a problem with us going public, not going public with our faith? Yeah. Scripture says in Luke 9, If anyone is ashamed of me and my message, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person on the day when he returns in his glory of the Father and the holy angels. So it is extremely important that we make public our decision of declaration to a new association with Christ. Man, if somebody tells me, listen, I don't know about this baptism thing, sometimes it's a lack of understanding. But for a believer, man, the first thing that you want to be able to say is, I'm in. 
Man, baby, look, I want you to know whose side I'm standing on. There is no, there is, there is no doubting. I want everybody to know that I'm on the inside. And what's happening to me in baptism is an outward expression of what's taking place on the inside. I want to declare my association with Jesus Christ. I'm in. So do it. Why? Because if you follow in Jesus' example. Do it. Why? Because a symbol of a changed life. Do it. Why? Because it says to everybody, I want everybody to know that I am declaring my faith and my trust in Christ. Baptism is an important part of our Christian faith. And in heritage, we immerse. And why do we immerse? Why do we baptize? Because that's what that word means. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that Jesus came out of the water. That's what it says. And so the thought is, how do I go public with my faith that I will not be an undercover Christian any longer? See, the reason that so many times we don't want to make that step is we're afraid because maybe our lives... I don't think I need to take that any further. Maybe the reason that we don't want to is because we're afraid. Because maybe things aren't different. What if I've already been baptized? If you've grown up in the South, if you've... How many people have been baptized? I mean, it's sort of like the end thing, the cultural thing to dunk people, right? To get them dunked, sprinkle them, do something with water. It's sort of the end thing to do inside the religious community. That's just what you're supposed to do. There are lots of people that are walking around that have been dunked, that have been baptized, that have been sprinkled, yet it has nothing to do with their relationship with the Lord. They've just happened to grow up in church. Their baptism wasn't a sign of transformation or identification. And as I read the Scripture... When I find out that maybe some people here have been baptized, but it's only been an event in your life. It's not been a life-changing event. So to that person, I would say that maybe has been baptized in the past, yet it wasn't a, a symbol of an example of following Jesus. It wasn't a symbol or a sign of a changed life, and it wasn't definitely an association to say, I want to declare my faith in Jesus. If you've been baptized for something other than that, Man, you need to go back and say, where am I in this relationship with God? I was baptized when I was seven years old. You know why I was baptized? Because everybody else was doing it. That's why. Man, if everybody else is doing it, maybe I need to do it now. I need to do it. I need to do it again. But it wasn't until I was about 14, 15 that I go, man, something's missing. Something's missing. And I was baptized at that time, not because everybody else was doing it. But I was baptized at that time because, man, if that's what Jesus did, I need to do it. I want it to be a symbol of a changed life because there's something that's changed within me. And I want to declare my faith in Christ. So if you've been baptized for some other reason than those three things, man, I would say you need to be baptized. You know, one of the tragedies of infant baptism is the fact that it gives a false sense of security. There are some of you maybe in the day that, you, that you've been baptized as an infant and you say, I don't need to go back and do that again. Let me tell you, tell you what. Baptism is no significance, no significance if it's not following Christ's example, if it's not a symbol of change and it's not a, a declaration of your faith. And as a baby, you can't declare your faith. There's no place in Scripture that we find, no place in Scripture that we find infant baptism. But the Bible says that in Scripture, as people believed, they were baptized. I want to read you some passages today I thought were pretty interesting. Acts chapter 2, 
verse 41 in that, in, that, in that arena. Here's Paul preaching the gospel and encouraging people to repent and turn and be baptized. And in verse 41 it says, Those who believe what Peter said were baptized, and he added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. And the Lord added to the church daily those that were being baptized. Daily. Why? You know what? They were following in Christ's example. There was a symbol of change that was taking place in their life. In addition to that, man, they're saying, man, I'm in. I'm in. I want to associate with Christ. I want everybody to know whose side I'm standing on. I'm his. In Acts chapter 8, we see a man by the name of Philip who was a leader in the early church. He was a very well-respected man. He was an evangelist. He preached the gospel. Many people's lives were changed. They respected him so much, they put him, they put him in charge of serving the, uh, serving the food to the widows. And here he is. He went about preaching and teaching. And as he did, lives were changed and people were baptized. And it tells the story in, in Acts chapter 8 of, of an Ethiopian man. And he asked the question, what do I need? What, what do I need? What keeps me from being baptized? And Philip's response was, man, listen, if you believe with your heart, and he said, man, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He said, well, well listen, I want to be baptized now. So they stopped the cart, they got off, and he was baptized. And story after story after story, we see this. Paul, Saul, received his sight. He arose and went to what? He went to be baptized. Why? Because all of a sudden there was a change. It was something that took place in his life. And he said, I believe. I want to associate. I want to declare my faith in Christ. No excuses. The second thing that I would say would be don't wait. What's the benefit in waiting to declare your faith? What's the, what's the benefit unless, unless you want your baptism to be a public event for other people to come from family or friends that you want to invite? That's the reason why. From time to time, I know Melissa has made a decision for Christ. She said, I want my mom to be a part of that. I want my own family. I want to invite other people because I want them to see the change that is taking place in my life. I want them to declare my allegiance to Christ. But don't wait. <laughs> What's the benefit of, of waiting? We laugh. Man, we can feel, that, we can feel the cattle trough up anytime. Anytime. The third thing I would say would be this, make it public. What good does it do to baptize somebody in the quietness? Man, you want to make your baptism public because it is a public display of your affection and your commitment to Christ. We always say no public affection, you know, no public display of affection. This is one of those things you want to make this affection public. You want to make it known. And I want to go back and I want to read this passage of Scripture as, as we close. Because this is what Jesus again said, and I refer back to it in Matthew chapter 5. You are the light of the world, city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. And in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise, praise your Father, which is in heaven you know we all will leave a legacy of faith the question is what kind of legacy will we leave my challenge for you today is if you've made the decision to follow christ yet not been baptized what is it that keeps you from saying i want everybody to know whose side i'm standing on 
I want to declare my faith. I want to follow the example. I want people to understand that my life is different. I want to declare my faith by participating in baptism. Not because it saves me, but I want the world to know. I want the world to know that I'm in. That I'm in. And some of you here today might need to make that decision. What is it that keeps you from making that decision? Some of you may have been baptized early on as a child and you've just sort of grown up going to church. And for you to be baptized now as an adult is a result of your profession of faith that has come sometime later. You're like going, man, what are people going to think? I don't really care what they think. I think they would go, yes, because it is a public display of our affection and identification of transformation saying that I'm his and he's mine. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, what a great day it is today as we talk about baptism just a, just a little bit to cover up a few things. We talk about the importance of it, but there may be some here today that have, have grown up and have given their life to Christ um, and Lord, they've never been baptized since that decision to follow you. I pray that the Holy Spirit would work in their hearts. No manipulation, none of that. It's just, what are you doing? There's some, maybe some here today that have never trusted Jesus, and so they've never participated in baptism because there's never been, there's never been, I, I humble myself before the Lord. I realize that I'm a sinner. I believe that Jesus died on a cross for me and I want to live for him. But if you're here today, maybe even this morning after the service, you want to come to me and say, I want to make that decision to follow Jesus. Maybe you're here right now and you're saying, I've never trusted Christ. But today I'd like to, I'd like to make that decision. I'd like to identify with Christ. I'd like to accept him and begin to follow him. I want life change. You can pray something like this, Lord, dear Father, I, I need you. And in the midst of my life, my life is a mess, and I realize that I'm a sinner, but Jesus, I, I believe that you are God, and that you sent your Son, your only Son, to be a sacrifice for my sins. I realize that I can't save myself, but Jesus is the only answer. Help me, Father, as I want to follow and obey him. I want to give my life to him completely today. If that's you today, you're at that place of saying, I want to follow Jesus. I want to make that decision. Just come see me afterwards and say, that's me. If you're here today and you've never trusted, or maybe you've trusted Christ, but you've not been baptized as a, as a, as a symbol of your affirmation to Christ, of your declaration, as a symbol of change, but today you're saying, I need to follow through. I need to be baptized. I need to declare my faith. You come to me afterwards and say, that's me. That's me. But Father, as we, as we seek to live out a legacy of faith, help us to learn more how to walk in accordance with what the Scripture has to say so that we can not only just talk about you, but we can live for you on a daily basis. Use us to be a light, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. But may, whenever we may be, may we illuminate Christ. May we illuminate him. May we make his name famous. And as a body of believers today, I pray that you'd guard our hearts. Father, help us as we cry out to you because we need you. 
how desperate we are to feel your touch. Thank you for this day. Excited about the next service and the baptisms that we'll experience. For those that have come forward already saying, I want to, I want, I want to make my faith public. May we be that type of a church as we go out in this community to make a difference. In Jesus' name, amen.